0: And welcome to another episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. I am Anthony, Hello. the other host. <laughs> Hello, other host Anthony. Hi. So uh we watched another movie. Yeah. That's what we do here on the Sci-Fi Wise at, Guys podcast. At your behest, it was your idea, in fact. Was it now? I don't yes. remember having <laughs> this idea. Uh we watched the 2017. Original version released to the public of Justice League. The theatrical cut, if you will. Yeah. This will be our third podcast on a subject such. It is Monday, March 22nd, 2021. And I'll have you know that you ruined my Sunday evening by making me watch this movie. Oh, really?
1: Well, (laughs) let me try to make you feel better. I ruined my own Sunday evening by watching this movie. It is... I guess we're jumping right into the initial thoughts and opinions. So normally... We watch something we've never seen before. We watch something that's direct to stream. That is not true on both counts for this movie. I think for both of us. This isn't yeah. the first time you've seen this movie, right? No. Okay, good. If, if it had been, I'd been really, really <laughs> sorry.
0: All my opinions would have made even less sense from the yeah. last episode.
1: Oh, that's fair. But with Zack Snyder's Justice League having released on HBO Max and being the most anticipated and highly awaited straight to stream movie of all time, Thought it would be apt and appropriate to go back and rewatch Justice League 2017 and then uh, talk about the differences. We talked about the differences we remembered in in our full episode. We also broke down all the actors. We're not going to do that again. But, I mean, I have a lot of notes. I took a lot of notes. I guess I just didn't realize until going back and rewatching it just how different it was.
0: Significant differences, yeah. Yes,
1: significantly. And I also, I want to throw some... I don't know about blame. I'm going to take some credit for us watching this film because your idea was for us to watch it first and then the Snyder cut. And I'm so glad we did it the other way around. (laughs) I, I didn't. I'm glad I wasn't distracted thinking about all these differences while I was watching the four hour long epic that is Zack Snyder's Justice League.
0: Well, I will get into my reasons as for why I wanted to do the I wanted to do them in chronological order chronological well,
1: sorry, the,
0: the, the, release order yeah yes, um, <laughs> yeah whichever uh but we'll get into that in a second so on the sci-fi wise guys podcast normally we do give our initial thoughts and opinion then we uh g- kind of discuss the movie or show that we watched and how it exists in the medium that we've decided to watch it in And then we kind of maybe do a small plot breakdown and kind of finalize up everything with determining whether or not something's worth the price of subscription. Yeah. As this is a movie that you technically picked, I am going to give the facts and my initial thoughts and opinions. So I will share the facts first because I think that's important. So Justice League 2017. I'm going to read the first sentence off Wikipedia. Justice League is a 2017 American superhero film based on the DC Comics superhero team of the same name. It is sitting currently on INDB, IMDB at 6.2 out of 10 out of nearly 400,000 ratings, 398,000. It's got a median score of 7. Uh, the next highest is, in fact, 6. I'm sitting at 22.8, 21.1% of the votes, respectively. Metacritic has this sitting at 45 based on 52 critical reviews with a user score of 6.2 with 2,367 ratings. And Rotten Tomatoes has this at 40% rotten based on 400 critical reviews. And then 71% audience score based on 100,000 plus ratings. So if there were ever a movie that you could consider having a mixed reception, I think this is it. Yeah. Much in the same vein as the critical reviews. I think this, this movie is better than what it gets credit for. Okay. And what I mean by that is it's not as awful... As I remembered it. And I'm going to go ahead and jump into my initial thoughts here. The reason why I wanted to watch it first is so I could have a completely, and I don't want to say unbiased because I had already seen it, but I wanted to have a, a fairly clean slate going into watching it. Because I knew if I was going to watch The Snyder Cut and then watch Justice League, the only thing I would do is while watching the original version, I would just want to watch The Snyder Cut, which did in fact happen. Yeah, I almost watched the Snyder Cut (laughs) after finishing this movie. (laughs) My first thing that I can really vocalize is that it it not only had an increased pace, because it is one hour and 59 minutes. Yes. Just under the two hour mark. So half of how long the Snyder Cut was. And we knew that. But every scene felt rushed. And I I thought at first, man, that's just just the Snyder Cut tainting my perception of what I... what i'm watching so i watched justice league last night and then while i was at lunch i hopped on to disney plus and i watched 15 minutes of four different superhero movies i watched okay. 15 minutes of the winter soldier excellent choice i watched 15 minutes of batman begins i watched 15 mm-hmm. minutes of iron man 3 and then i watched 15 minutes of guardians of the galaxy 2 okay and very different movies. That's a wide selection. Most of them were random. The only one I intentionally chose was Batman Begins. Okay. And even watching those movies, I didn't feel rushed. Like everything in Justice League feels rushed. The entire movie is a sprint. And it could be that when you condense four hours and what four hours and four minutes down into two, an hour and fifty nine minutes, yeah, you're going to lose some context. You're going to lose. Your pacing's going to be increased because you got to get through so much. Um, I didn't like the beginning. You did or did not? I did not like the beginning of Justice League. Okay. Kind of spoilers territory coming in. Oh, yeah. For this five-year-old <laughs> movie. Yes. <laughs> the beginning opens up with Batman, in fact, trying to catch a parademon, which is kind of, I don't want to say, it's not that it's not appropriate because we didn't get that scene in the Snyder Cut. Right. So it's a standalone scene. I liked it. But I don't think it should have been the opening, but it it does make a little bit more sense. Batman is kind of the focus of the end of Dawn of Justice, so it it makes sense that we would open up with him. Yep. But then we immediately just move on to the next thing, and then we move on to the next thing, and then we move on to the next thing. We just go, and we go, and we go. And by the time we get to—I think by the time we get to Superman being resurrected— Like, there's just been so much stuff. Even the fight scene when they're under uh, Garbin, when they're under Gotham Harbor. Yes. I felt it went by in the snap of a finger.
1: And it was much quicker. Well, okay, sorry. You do you. No, no, you do you. Uh, You don't want to get me started.
0: (laughs) There was a particular line that stood out to me like a sore thumb, and I I hated it when it happened then, and I hated it when it happened again. But Superman has returned, I think it's like they're in the middle of the fight with stefan wolf I, I i i noticed <laughs> i've been calling him stefan wolf steppen wolf i've you this whole time and i just hadn't noticed yeah oh he says he says something to the effect of, I, I didn't even know you liked me and then batman's just standing there like fumbling over his words like i didn't say that i didn't like you yeah like, big eye roll all the way to the back of my head there are some funny moments there's a little bit more Stuff played for laughs, but we, you know, we we kind of touched on it again with our initial reactions. How they asked Joss Whedon to make the Avengers, so you know, that's it's what gonna it feels have, like. Absolutely, it has a slightly different tone. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess to summarize, very quick, which is funny because it's two hours, and I I didn't feel like like it was two hours, but again. I just watched a four-hour yeah. movie, so True. it might be influencing that perception of of mine. But uh, not as bad as I remember. Just uh, don't don't watch this version. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> essentially. So I, I agree with with most of your points.
1: And the reason it feels brisk, even though it's a two-hour-long movie, is not just because you just watched a four-hour-long version of it. But think about the things that were in that four-hour-long version. The extended fighting scenes, the the actual backstory Mm -hmm. to Cyborg, which is completely missing. A much better introduction to Barry Allen, the Flash. Just all of the characters have more going on. So this cut of Justice League, the theatrical cut, would have worked much better if there had already been standalone movies. If they'd already done what Marvel had done and had an Aquaman movie and a Wonder Woman movie which I guess they, they kind of did, and a Flash movie and a Cyborg movie, then seeing part of Atlantis all of a sudden for 45 seconds would have been, oh, cool, look, they're there now. We saw that in that other movie, right? It's like the movie is of giant payoff, but there was nothing setting it up, so it just falls flat. And that's part of the reason it has that brisk pace is that they just trying to do all of these things at once mm-hmm. instead of telling one story.
0: Yeah. Even when I watched The Winter Soldier, which is a movie yes. that is very quick. Uh, the 15 minutes I watched was from, it's in the middle when they're escaping or they're running away from Hydra or whatever. And they're like riding around in the truck. They're using the disguise of sunglasses and a ball cap. <laughs> whatever. I just, I didn't feel rushed when I was watching it. And I was like, I only have 15 minutes because I've got to move right. on to the next movie. And I was sure. like, okay. There's also more than one montage. It's just, yeah.
1: Montage. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're you're not wrong. You're you're right to sing. Please do. It, the movie doesn't work. It's not bad. It's shot well. I mean, Joss Whedon not a horrible director, right? Talented for sure. He's very talented. There's a reason they went to him. There's a reason that first Avengers movie was so just trend setting, and he was a big part of that. But Joss Whedon, I think I mentioned this in our full review of Snyder Cut. He didn't capture the tone. Properly, this is supposed to be a sequel to Dawn of Justice, and it doesn't feel like it. It feels like a completely unrelated thing. The characters don't quite feel the same. The comedy feels forced. And once again, maybe that's on Joss. Maybe it's not. You know, maybe he's told to to hey put as much make Avengers so we can sell toys, right? And if that's the case, that's just Warner Brothers trying to get to the finish line without actually practicing, right? Without showing up. It's. I have a list. Okay. I have a long list well, of things that were different. And I also, I have some complaints. I'm not going to go through all of them, obviously. I just took notes in order of things I saw that were different, whether I liked them or didn't like them. There were some things I thought were better in this cut. So we can talk about that. Nothing super substantial, but, but better. There was a lot that I didn't didn't care for. So I have a a thought exercise.
0: Oh, good. And I wanted to ask you this. With our initial reactions, and I, pl- I completely forgot to do it then, and then I completely forgot to do it again. We we actually reviewed the Snyder Cut. So when you say that Warner Brothers chose the wrong person, Joss Whedon, to helm Zack Snyder's vision to continue the story or whatever. Right. Well, I want to
1: interject and say I don't think their intention of hiring Joss was to complete Zack Snyder's vision.
0: No. Yeah. 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 But it's just saying, if that was their intent, they were they were off. Yes. Yeah. But my thought exercise or question really. Who would you have wanted to complete Justice
1: League? Oh, man. I mean, Zack Snyder completed it already, so I don't feel like I can, Not <laughs> I sure. can go back. But the the Russos, maybe? Is it Russo? Russo?
0: I think Russo. The right.
1: Russos, probably. Okay. Seeing what they did with a, a grimmer, darker Avengers with the last two, while still having some comedy and just really excellent action scenes. Like, if that was the type of dark and desperate that they went for in the non-Snyder version of Justice League. Yeah, it would have been a tonal change from Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice, but it would have. You could, you know, hey, it it fits the universe better, and it, it's got all these other characters, and we're gonna do different types of movies with them. So this is a little bit less dark, but here it is, right? Okay. That could have, that could have worked. I mean, George Lucas, <laughs> he's really good at coming in and making movies better after they've already been released. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. Yeah. Yeah. I can't really argue with that one. I do have a slightly controversial, but Dark Horse candidate for this. Okay. Hit me. Tim Burton. Ooh. Mm. Like, not just because of Batman. Whatever. Not just
1: because of Batman.
0: But he made a movie called Planet of the Apes, which is, for all intents and purposes, not a great movie. But I feel like... It was such a stark departure from everything else he had made. Yeah. But it was a a movie that had kind of a dark and de- not necessarily dark but a very desperate tone. Sure, Mark Wahlberg's mm-hmm. breathing heavily in every scene. So he's <sighs> desperate for breath for sure, but uh, no, I just I, I feel like <laughs> yeah, it would have been a, it would have been a nice nod, you know? Sure. Like, okay. hey, we know you made the first Batman movie on screen. Well, well. You know what I mean? Like, second. Yeah, no, he made the first one. Adam West has no pull on this pod. Well, he but, has no pull with you. Let's just get that clear. <laughs> you know, but, but he made the first big screen, like serious Batman movie. Sure. And so sure. I think it would have been a nice little nod for them to be like, hey, you know, Tim, how, how would you feel about,
1: and I'm, and I'm not saying I want this person. I'm just bringing them up for discussion. Justin Lin. I
0: want him to direct the Flash movie. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? The yeah. Flash. I, I, yeah, I think so. I mean,
1: he because I mean, he's got Justin Lin for everyone who people are listening, don't know. He directed the Fast and Furious movies from Tokyo Drift through Fast and Furious 6 and then came back uh, as coming back for F9 or whatever they're calling it. He also directed Star Trek Beyond. Mm -hmm. He worked on Community. He worked on the second season of True Detective. Uh, I, as you can tell, I'm reading the Wikipedia page. <laughs> so, but it, but it shows that he he understands how to hold a how to tell a story with an ensemble with yeah. different personalities and different needs for the story. Whether or not you like those movies or think they're great or horrible, they're well shot. The plot gets from point A to point B. Yeah, maybe they're not as there's not as much depth as maybe a typical fan would want. But when you have a movie like Justice League with six main characters and a cast of supporting characters you're not going to get as much depth so all right you convinced yeah. me you yeah sold I me. think I think he could have done it I like his directing style and action so okay that was a fun thought exercise you're welcome we can
0: move on to how Justice League exists in the medium
1: yeah I knew right away when I turned this on and started watching it that it was not Zack Snyder's vision it was in the 16.9 aspect ratio confused me I was like this isn't what Zack
0: Snyder intended take the black bars off the top and bottom put them on the sides for anyone who doesn't know what we're referring to and you were watching Zack Snyder's Justice League and you were like why is this movie a box he originally intended for it to be displayed in giant IMAX screens the four by three aspect ratio is big very 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 big and it's um oh, yeah widescreen was always a thing but at some point i don't remember when it happened it probably happened before i was born for whatever reason movies started being filmed in four three and then they started being filmed in what again they, they started being like shown like on cable. maybe not filmed but like on cable oh yes, by, yes, the, yes. The, by the vhs for them and they would just be in the four by three aspect ratio so a lot of people echoed that cry and so more movies started being filmed in the super wide screen that had the bars on the top and the bottom and his decision to shoot it with the bars on the side i, f- I found very interesting uh, obviously you did not hate it uh, or else you would have complained about it at some point along the way so no i didn't very interesting choice it didn't throw me off
1: i mean i've also been you know we we talk about watching star trek i've been rewatching star trek If anyone who's been listening to the pod y'all kind of know that and that's all in four three right older television is, after the first three, four minutes, I didn't even notice. And the shots were all fantastic. Speaking of Zack Snyder's cut. So it it was all good. Anyone who's going to complain about it not being widescreen is just looking for something to complain about. And that's all I'm going to say.
0: I was actually surprised how much darker this movie was. The 2017
1: cut? Yeah, it's aesthetic. Oh, really? I noticed that in some scenes that were the same or very similar shots, everything was lit up a bit more. In the Snyder Cut, when we first get to the roof with C- uh, Commissioner Gordon, the lighting makes it look black and white for a little while, which was a very cool aesthetic. But in this version, it's you can see his face. It's, yeah. it's very much colored. So I, I don't know. I, I guess I'd, I'm not maybe sure what not, you're referring to.
0: Maybe not dark, but maybe probably washed out or murky. Maybe probably that is the word I'm looking for. But mm-hmm. Wolf was sometimes nigh distinguishable from the background that he was standing next to. So Sure. also did not like steppenwolf's appearance in this one i've echoed that
1: i both disliked it and i liked it so i appreciate that it it looked like in the 2017 cut that steppenwolf's face is based off of the actor's face Mm -hmm. it's still cgi but you can tell they kind of modeled it after um, syrian
0: like thanos yeah, Looks yeah, like yeah, Josh Brolin, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, while in Zack Snyder's cut, it doesn't look like Serian Hines at all. No. all right, so I appreciate that, that they did that. I still like the the Snyder cut Wolf better. His armor is cooler. He's more imposing. Just he's more alien. And I don't know. He Like I mentioned in our full episode review how, how well he emotes. He emotes so much better in the Snyder cut than he does in the uh, theatrical cut. He also has four additional fingers. That is true. And I don't know what he does with them, but he's doing it. (laughs) The one thing that I did appreciate about the theatrical cut, and this is a bigger thing than just Steppenwolf, is the CGI looks better. Yeah, his armor is a much more boring design, but it also looks in place better. The same goes for my biggest complaint in the Snyder cut Cyborg's face. It looked fine in this, it did. I didn't have any issues. And In fact, I went afterwards when I was contemplating watching the Snyder Cut again. I did load it up, go to a couple of cyborg scenes and rewatch them to make sure that I wasn't just going crazy. And I don't know if it's because the change in aspect ratio means they had to redo the CGI and they didn't have as much budget mm. or what. But it doesn't quite fit in the Snyder Cut while it looks great in the theatrical cut. Which okay. is odd. Yeah, I didn't
0: you think know. about that.
1: Hmm. I'm not an expert. I could be very, very wrong. Interesting. Overall, the CGI is better in this, but it's not bad in the Snyder Cut. It's such a small thing overall to give it.
0: How did you feel about the soundtrack in the theatrical cut well from what i remember it was actually done by danny elfman mm. who is famous for being he, he's collaborated a lot with tim burton uh <laughs> i actually wrote down the music um, felt kind of tim burton-esque at points okay well yeah he also did batman the animated series theme mm-hmm. song but um i don't necessarily enjoy the parts where someone is singing yeah the licensed music the young lady i'm looking her up right now uh, sigrid she performs a cover of Everybody Knows. Kind of lame. It felt like the um, the opening to Watchmen when they're taking like the first two chapters of the Watchmen comic yeah. and like stuffing it into like a opening credit scene. It's kind of what it felt like because we're just kind of... we get Which is weird because that's a Snyder movie. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't really have that in the Snyder Cut. You didn't have a opening montage, you know, whatever. Well, no, they didn't. He didn't need it. Right.
1: So from what I read, Junkie XL left production when Zack snyder left production and then they brought in elfman to to finish or to do the music i guess the soundtrack i disliked the use of licensed music and in general i don't dislike the the use of licensed music i think you can use it and it can work very very well i just in this it just felt off and i think it's just another attempt of them trying to change the tone such as the the scene where, where batman or bruce wayne i should say is in the flash's hideout the flash cave and uh (laughs) when everything turns on in the snyder cut everything just turns on screens come on blah 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 then they have their conversation and they make some good jokes and in this theatrical cut music comes on like k-pop or something comes on there's a music video on the screen that is obviously trying to follow along with so I i don't know if that was some weird product placement or what And then they have mostly the same conversation, but it it just felt different. It was like this music just feels wrong. And maybe that's because I just watched the other version.
0: I, I don't know. But it stuck out to me quite a bit. I didn't have as many problems with the music. I just I didn't like it's not that I don't like that version of everybody knows it just felt out of place. But for the most part, I don't hate Danny Elfman's soundtrack.
1: I think it's just a product of the changes overall. Yeah, I think the soundtrack in the Snyder Cut fits the tone of Dawn of Justice and Man of Steel better.
0: It was also less intrusive. Like, Much I, had to, less. I had to listen to it more in the theatrical version to actually hear the song, like the music playing. Oh, really? Especially when they're in the, whenever they're doing scenes in the Batcave, like when they're getting ready, like the montage or whatever. I was like, eh, okay, there we yeah, go. See, I just felt like the use of
1: licensed music that focused on a vocalist brought mm-hmm. me out of the movie more than sure. a normal soundtrack would or a licensed music where. You know, they aren't focusing on the vocalist, but focusing on the rhythm and the beat or whatever. It was an odd choice just to focus on somebody singing. Right. For the soundtrack.
0: Yeah. This is a completely unrelated question. Sure. Okay.
1: So would you consider it a flop? I would consider it. I don't know how I would define a flop. I think a flop means it has to lose money. I would consider it a failure. Okay. Because they did not meet their goals. It made money. It made over $600 worldwide uh, with a budget of, I think, $300 So it made money. It's not a flop it absolutely failed to meet their goals of making way more money than that and setting up
0: much more licensing and other movies. Discussing the budget in the box office. Budget of $300 million, box office of six hundred and fifty-seven point nine. So technically not a financial failure as it was able to get back its budget and essentially double it. If we were to compare it to some other movies that were released in 2017, I don't necessarily think it holds up as well. So... Star Wars the Last Jedi, budget of 200 to 317 million, box office of 1.333 billion. Beauty and the Beast that year, 160 to 255 million with a box office of 1.264 billion. Wonder Woman came out the same year (laughs) as justice league budget of 120 to 150 million with the box office of 822 guardians of the galaxy 2 made 863 million dollars at the box office its budget was 200 million jumanji welcome to the jungle the movie (laughs) had the rock in it 90 to 150 million budget 962 million so justice league not a financial failure but not as successful as some of the other movies that were also released in the same year further compounding how it was a failure and if we want to really get to the
1: point Avengers or the Avengers I guess the 2012 film had a budget of 220 million and a box, of, box office of 1.5 billion dollars so Age of Ultron we had a budget of 365 million so just a little bit more and it made back 1.4 billion dollars. That's the type of money they were looking for. And, oh. and really, uh, Marvel's Avengers are already making more money than that because of all the licensing that goes into it. I mean, I saw. I mean, I saw an Iron Man themed kids birthday party. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that would never have happened when we were children. No one knew who Iron Man was at nine years old to have a themed party right maybe batman superman spider-man the x-men but not iron man not thor well, right
0: I mean, it's famously discussed that the reason why marvel made the iron man movie is because it's popular intellectual properties x-men fantastic four spider and, Fo- and spider-man fox was ma- fox and sony respectively were making movies based on those properties so they threw all of their weight and creative juices behind uh, yep. iron man captain america and thor which were less popular characters at the time so right no yeah yeah i know i'm just yeah, yeah i yeah.
1: agree and i'm just pointing out that they
0: yeah it worked you know well, i mean that's the thing is marvel took its some of its least popular characters and did all that it did and then warner brothers <laughs> took its most popular movie. characters yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. and tried to do the same thing and fell yeah. on their face and also another movie that came out in 2017 Triple X Return of Xander Cage budget nice. 85 million box office 346. So, even though it didn't make as much money, like if you were to compare it literally just based on the amount of money that one made compared to its budget, it almost didn't make as much money as Triple X Return of Xander Cage. Oh, <laughs> 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 I mean, that's what it boils down to. No, oh, so, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Money. Hopefully,
1: they make bad that money in these HBO one month subscriptions, <laughs> <laughs> or the the the, uh, the free trials. Everyone's going to forget to cancel. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this so. is your warning, everyone. Uh, make sure if you're <laughs> only getting HBO Max for the Snyder Cut, now's the time to go in and cancel your renewal and go binge watch The Wire. All right. So I've mentioned the CGI. Was there anything in the Joss Whedon theatrical cut? that you felt was better than the Snyder cut. Now that you've watched them both, is there anything you look at the Snyder cut Cut and go, oh, that was a step back?
0: The Russian family Mm. I would have wanted. No, of course not.
1: Uh (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It took me the entire movie to figure out why they had the Russian family in there. And then it's because I realized that the Flash was not going to run back in time but they didn't have any shots of him actually up there fighting, so what was he off doing? So they yeah. did those quick shots, had him go do that instead. Some of the running he's doing is the same yeah. in both versions for completely different reasons.
0: Screwing around, that's what he's doing. Uh, yeah, going the wrong direction. <laughs> I am i can't really think of anything, to be honest. Yeah, me neither. The only thing that like, maybe I would consider is maybe... Because one of the things that Zack Snyder's Justice League does a much better job than... 2017 Justice League is Zack Snyder managed to do something to Batman that I think very rarely has ever happened, where he turned him into an optimist, which is something that a lot of people didn't like because he's supposed to be this eternal pessimist who always looks for the worst in people. And I mean, there's an entire comic book about around him developing ways to kill all of his all, or, or, or neutralize all the other members of the Justice League. Yeah, Great comic, pretty good animated movie. So he takes that character, that eternal pessimist, and then turns him into an optimist. And you kind of get that a little bit in this version, but it's almost more desperation or like a a realization of one's mortality. Because when he's talking to Diana, he's like, it's either Diana or Alfred. I don't remember. I just watched it. I don't remember. He says like, the world wants Superman. The world needs Superman. It doesn't need me. Whereas in the Snyder Cut, He's having that exact same conversation but instead he's like we need Superman N- not because that I I'm not adequate or I'm not up to the task but I realize that I was wrong and Superman is the best person for the job you know what I mean like he he turns a character yeah. into an-, an optimist who is not an optimist which I thought was impressive it parallels The Dark Knight the second Nolan Batman
1: movie a little bit with Batman kind of throwing in behind I forget his name. Harvey Dent. Yeah, Harvey Dent as the person who can be more than Batman, right? Who can be the positive symbol. It's very similar. There's some parallels there there for sure. Okay. I don't think that it's a direct like rip off or or an homage. I think it's just, that's part of Batman's story arc, his character arc is the understanding that there are
0: limits to what he can do as a symbol and as an idea. Yeah. I know that was something that wasn't in the theatrical cut, (laughs) I just I think I would have wanted more Diana and Bruce like their characters and I think they like you get a little bit of them interacting I don't in want to get which, into the romantic in which one sorry in the I would have wanted more of them in the Snyder cut okay I, I don't want to get off into the like weird romantic intersections that the characters have in the comic books but in the animated Justice League and Justice League Unlimited cartoon show they had a thing and I right. always thought that was funny that yeah. Wonder Woman Princess Diana would fall in love with Bruce Wayne or she would fall in love with uh, Batman's alter ego, Bruce Wayne. And um, in this movie, there's a scene where I think Alfred is like, you know, you're interested in not just her abilities or whatever. And Bruce just kind of gives him a cross look.
1: Yeah. Oh, the uh, yeah. Alfred's joke about, do you want me to
0: pass <laughs> her a note? <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I think I would have wanted more of that in the Snyder Cut, but I'm fine with it not being in there because that meant we got more screen time for the other characters.
1: Well, they did have one moment, I think, in the Snyder Cut, right? Where they, yeah, where they touch hands on accident. They like, go to grab the mouse, I think. Right. And it's a little awkward. <laughs> It was cute and funny and it set up to be where it could be explored later, but it doesn't really right. bash you over the head with it, which is something I really enjoyed about Snyder Cut was that the movie showed us instead of told us there wasn't as much handholding, that type of thing. And the theatrical release starts with a criminal that Batman is using as bait monologuing and giving exposition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are we going to do now? Oh, they're here because Superman's dead. Aren't they? What's going to happen? Oh my goodness. I'm like, Shut up, dude. You're tied up on a roof after burglaring. You got Batman and crazy creatures from wherever. And you're going to monologue?
0: Oh, my goodness. Now, that was the Martian Manhunter. See, he disguised himself as a burglar okay okay keep going <laughs> to uh convince batman to team up with other people yeah you see yeah okay see? that's what he was doing the whole time
1: yeah okay so what you're saying is that <laughs> mean you gotta write a fan fiction in which it is the theatrical cut of <laughs> the justice league but we're going to replace all the key characters with martian manhunter Exactly in the background and okay all right that's okay that's the tv series that i want to (laughs) see martian manhunter fixes justice league all right let's talk about a couple of kind of bigger things here i think a lot of things i've listed a lot of things we talked about are just editing things right the movie needed to be shorter which means they had to cut some plot and replace it with others that means that steppenwolf isn't nearly as interesting he's just generic bad guy number 17 there's nothing good about him cyborg's entire backstory gets replaced with maybe he can't control the machine on the inside which i don't know if that i need to go read some cyborg comics apparently i don't know if that's more or less in tune with his character it feels less considering we got a full-fleshed origin story in the last movie but whatever the fight scenes are shorter Everything's much quicker. The coloring of the CGI stuff at the end is brighter and just not as it's just not as interesting. Dark side being just mentioned once and not being shown was a huge misstep. The Snyder Cut does a much better job with that.
0: But what they also do is instead of the flashback cutscene or whatever, where they're talking about the ancient battle of between Earth right, and Dark. Right. Uh, where
1: it's Steppenwolf instead of Dark Side.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only additional screen time or additional quote unquote story that he gets more or less. Yeah. So they just, I mean, that's what they did. In- instead of giving him an actual backstory, they, they showed and didn't tell, but they just didn't do a good job of showing. No,
1: it's, so. it, no, they just made him an evil conqueror. Steppenwolf. Yeah. I didn't, I don't know. Aquaman as a thief, he stole something. I don't still don't know what that was, but he took something off of a table and bat in the Batcave, cave, but in his pocket, <laughs> the flash doesn't really change. He's still the flash. He still tells jokes. Most of them are still funny. The new jokes are whatever. But they're not good or bad. I mean, as far as the overall plot, Sephiroth's still here to do Darkseid's dirty business, right? Mm-hmm. But he's also like worshiping the mother boxes instead of them being this neither good nor evil tool. And this, they're evil. The mother boxes are evil. He calls them mother. He worships it more or less. The parademons also don't aren't looking for the boxes. They just smell fear. So they're kind of just useless. They're the worst henchers of all time because at a moment's notice, they tear apart Steppenwolf. I guess feed on him. I don't know. So that that whole change to the plot. I don't know. It didn't feel like it made. It didn't make sense. Maybe they didn't want to show the bad guys or excuse me, the good guys killing the bad guy. Maybe that was a requirement. So they had to come up with something else. I I don't know.
0: Yeah, because they because, you know, you never really see the Avengers killing people like it's always an accident. Uh, no
1: no they use guns they're straight using a few of them are using guns
0: but i mean we never see anyone like get decapitated
1: (laughs) you know what i mean like Uh, i'm um, trying to recall well they also fight swarms of robots or aliens that don't look human at all that type of thing
0: yeah and then like the scarlet witch or Wanda then wanda maximoff like makes a guy float up into the air and he explodes but he was trying to blow himself up so yeah and he just we never see him commit outright killing
1: there's no vengeful murder going on right i guess until iron man snaps his fingers and kills all those people so i don't know there's some holes in your argument but
0: i'm following what you mean (laughs) no no what i meant was at the beginning like at the beginning of the marvel the mcu you don't really see a whole lot of killing as we progress it gets darker you know and it's that's probably the influences instead of them chopping his head off they were like well we don't like that so can he just like get boom tubed out you know and then so you just you don't have any resolution steppenwolf's just gonna come back maybe possibly who knows who knows so less fulfilling very much so the ending was less fulfilling yeah
1: oh so sorry the one thing that i think was a positive in the theatrical cut and i'm upset they added it into the snyder cut was that lady singing after aquaman went into the ocean (laughs) (laughs) they like it cut that out entirely and i was like okay
0: cool cool uh yeah, no, I'm, glad, I'm glad it wasn't there. <laughs>
1: I felt like the humor in the movie was inappropriate, the added humor. And by inappropriate, I mean, not only does it detract from the tone and the feel and the story, the depth of the movie, but also just kind of inappropriate. Watching the Snyder cut, there's one moment where someone comments about Diana being attractive when she first meets the Flash, Flash sees and her and he just, I don't forget what he says, but he just, he goes, wow, or like, whoa, or something very subtle and then moves on. Like he's a little stuttery around her, but. Well, he also asks Cyborg later
0: on. He's like, do you think she'd go out with a guy like me? Right. Yeah. You know, but and in, he's like,
1: well, she's 5000 years old. Everyone's young. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's younger, yeah. But like when he saves her life from getting crushed with all those rocks, like his face is between her, her breasts.
1: Yeah. He's like laying on top of her later on. Yeah. And then he jumps up uncomfortably and like looks kind of shook, which is ripped right out of Age of Ultron. If I recall between the Hulk and Black Widow, similar thing happens. I say the oh, Hulk. Really? Yeah, but oh. Bruce Banner. Mm. Uh, apparently, in that scene, so doing some more research between when we recorded our full episode and now, that isn't actually Gal Gadot. He's laying on. She refused to film the scene, so they got a body oh. double
0: for it. Good for her, because <laughs> it was pointless.
1: I, yeah, it was pointless. <laughs> There's some bad shots with her in picture that were just staring at her butt. Yeah, for no reason. Something that. <laughs> Lots of I say lots of people I know I complained about and I've some other people complained about the Avengers movie with Black Widow. Just why is the camera here? It doesn't need to be here. You know, it's not adding
0: anything to the plot. Kind of a cross media question. Yeah. They are remaking the first three Mass Effect games. Right. And during the big media like barrage that we got, they announced that they would be editing or they would be repositioning the camera for some scenes that, you know, talking about women's butts. There's a famous scene in Mass Effect 2 where we just, we get a shot of a character. It's just gratuitous. Like it's unnecessary. That's the
1: word that I would look for is gratuitous, unnecessary. Yeah,
0: and so they have since said, yeah, we're going to be moving the camera or or changing that scene. A lot of people are getting upset about it, which I'm not sure why they're getting upset about it. It's, A, it's a video game. (laughs) I'm not playing the game because I want to see that. So whatever. Yeah, no, definitely unnecessary in a supposedly serious take on these characters.
1: Yeah, not even just a serious take, just even if it was a comedic take, there's no need for. It. There's no need for it in the Avengers. There's no need for it here. And it just feels like Whedon likes that shot. He's doing his yeah. thing and I don't I don't care for it. Aquaman having the lasso around him and and talking at length about how and not even just at length about how attractive Diana Prince is, but in a non-gentlemanly manner, if that makes sense. <laughs> he's being
0: crude. That was funny. Up until that moment, like when he's sitting on the lasso of truth and he starts telling the truth, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of funny. And then he says stuff like that. I'm like, it says
1: a lot about his character that I don't think it should. Well, because that, that
0: doesn't translate into into Aquaman. No. He doesn't act like that at all no. in Aquaman.
1: If they had the same thing happening with a criminal or something, I'd be like, okay, yeah, this guy's a low life, you know, it would be more believable. I guess I was offended. Like I was not offended. That's maybe a bit harsh, but I was upset that it was there, that line, those lines, it was icky, it was crude, but I was even more upset that it was Arthur saying it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Sure, yeah. It's the wrong character. It was just cuz they don't do it in the Snyder cut. Well, that whole scene is different. All of the yeah. scenes with their internal conflict where they're fighting amongst themselves, all of that was added in the
0: theatrical cut. It is, none of it is in the Snyder cut. Like when he he tosses and breaks some computer. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce is like, don't do that. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Don't do that. I
1: also felt that Wonder Woman was diminished in the theatrical cut. Just overall. She feels less powerful. She acts as kind of, a, I don't know, a mother figure, I guess, for the group. It's a trope. I'm forgetting the name of it. Where... There's a group of dudes and there's one girl and that girl is the, is more mature and everyone kind of like, yeah, we'll do what she says, blah, blah, blah. Team mom is the name of the trope.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: So it made her a trope. They made her less powerful because of some of it's because they cut some scenes, right? She doesn't get as much action. She just, I don't know. I felt that. They did her character a disservice in this movie. Just like I've already mentioned, they did to cyborg. The Flash, maybe, maybe not. In the Snyder Cut, we do get the, you know, the, the time travel bit. So it's a little bit more to him. You can tell he's a little bit more worried about things. I don't know if that's a ton of extra depth. Batman becomes more comedic relief. I don't know. I'm glad you agree. It se- or at least it seems like you agree that some of those changes just don't sit right.
0: Yeah, I, they just, a lot of them just seem unnecessary and I'm not sure what value they provided, you know, like what was the point of making Aquaman kind of a, like a lewd person, you know, like what was really the point of like increasing their internal conflict, you know, like it it makes sense that, yeah, this is the first time they're ever working together or whatnot, but they tried to fight Steppenwolf and then that doesn't work out. Then they go and try to revive Superman and that doesn't work out. And then Aquaman's hanging out in Bruce Wayne's bat cave, like throwing his stuff around. It's just like, well, they don't even really fight Steppenwolf.
1: They have one altercation with him where they have to retreat because of the water com- comes crashing in.
0: Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I, 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 could, I they fight him like they do. Wonder but Woman he and him exchange yeah. blows. So. But it feels like
1: and I have this as a note that Superman's return feels like it's much more earned in the Snyder cut. Like we as an audience understand why they are this desperate, while in the theatrical cut, they kind of go, oh, we're going to do this. And there's some back and forth about whether they should or shouldn't and blah, blah, blah. But it it just doesn't feel as earned. Like it doesn't feel as necessary as it felt in the Snyder cut. Yeah, I don't know. The in-team fighting and conflict is a poor substitute for actual plot. They could have taken that time and done something else with it, extended some of the action scenes or the intro or whatever. The fight was unearned. So the resolution was unearned. Yeah, I agree with that. So I I need to slightly retract a statement I made earlier. I mentioned that the CGI was better in the theatrical cut (laughs) for whatever reason. I had forgotten until watching the movie that they CGI'd out. Cavill's mustache oh yeah yeah yeah. and it looks so bad part of that's also because I was like when the scene first started I was like oh yeah this is about to happen and I was looking for it (laughs) but gosh is it bad oh my goodness you also notice in the theatrical cut Bruce hands Diana a a drink she he hands her some alcohol which she turns down in all of her other movies she's never seen drinking Mm. as far as I can remember I just remember she turns it down a lot if there is another scene where she drinks please let me know but I don't remember that ever happening before, so it felt a little out of character.
0: Like maybe she's, uh, she's you know a recovering alcoholic. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean maybe. maybe. The, yeah, absolutely. They don't mascara. She was just a lush, and she had to do the. Oh, I mean, maybe
1: between World War One and 1984, she was just yeah. She let herself <laughs> go there for a couple of decades,
0: <laughs> just drinking all the time. It's a throwback to when Captain America is sitting in that pub or what was left of that pub, and he's all alone by himself. And he can't get drunk because he's his metabolism burns off the alcohol so much. So maybe that's the reason why Diana doesn't drink is because it doesn't do anything for her. Like you know what I mean? Like, oh, she's always just like nah, nah. Maybe she's just trying to be an example. I I mean, in
1: bigger picture, trying to be an example to everyone watching.
0: Yeah, not arguing. Just yeah, yeah. Maybe who knows? I mean, does anyone drink in any of the in any of the in any of the Avengers movies? I mean, besides
1: besides Tony Stark,
0: well, <laughs> or Thor. <laughs>
1: So we had a discussion during our our full episode review about which of these two movies would be canon. And I think we came down to they could just do broad strokes and not really commit and it would be fine. Well, I no longer agree with that statement, especially with Cyborg. He's such a different character between the two movies. And in one movie, his dad lives and the other movie he does not. (laughs) Oh, we never see him again. Yeah, we do near the end there's the little montage where everyone's at cyborg is with his father and he's getting more the more classic cyborg look or what have you which was which was kind of cool that was cool they threw that in there but they even the intro the introduction to cyborg and his father victor and silas stone their motivations for everything are so different silas is just a different person in the theatrical cut his personality his motivations and I, i just i didn't like it as much that's probably because I have the other version to compare it to. But if they do another movie or do a cyborg movie, they'd have to choose which of these two films is canon. I did look it up. Zack Snyder is saying that he, that Warner brothers isn't looking to do any more work with him for any other movies. And that essentially if they did do anything else, that it would be based off the, the theatrical cut, which is the wrong answer, but <laughs> there you go. I mean,
0: they can, they can kill Silas Stone off screen and you know, I don't worry about it. His
1: sacrifice is a big piece of cyborg's character the yeah. way he dies and yeah meaningful. Sure. yes <laughs> meaningful very yeah. meaningful overall this whole movie if i could sum it up was hard to watch not good it's boring i honestly don't know how it has a 6.2 and imdb it's a solid five it's flashy it's fun i guess i said flashy <laughs> uh, it's fun i guess but it, it, it there's no substance there's nothing to it Like I mentioned at the beginning, it feels like they're trying to have a big payoff, but there was nothing setting it up. I'm out on this movie. Okay. I do not think it's worth the price of subscription. However, when you do subscribe, you get Zack Snyder's Justice League. So go in there and subscribe. (laughs) Get your 14-day trial of HBO Max.
0: Watch that movie.
1: Would you say this was worth the price of
0: subscription? No. I think the uh, Snyder cut is leagues (laughs) above uh, the 2017 version. So. Oh, I hate you so much. I quit. So. <laughs> Do you
1: have an idiot of the movie? Am I allowed to pick Joss Whedon? Yeah. Existentially? Uh-oh. Yeah, sure. Existentially? <laughs> I choose Joss Whedon. No, um, am idiot of the movie. That's hard. I honestly, no one does anything. Yeah, you know what? Batman. Okay. I had in my notes that Batman is cool no matter what, and I still believe that. But he gets this team together, and then they go and fight, and they defeat Steppenwolf in less than 10 minutes he's able to get right past their defenses, knock out the shield, murder all of their soldiers and get to the enemy. Any modern military on the planet could have done the same thing. There was no need
0: for the Justice League. It's possible that you could be that there's a deeper meaning for having to have the Justice League there because I think the the parademons since in this version they feast on fear. Yeah. Going up against just regular enlisted soldiers Mm -mm. i don't know drones man we got drones (laughs) get it done
1: (laughs) i'm serious Uh, and i felt that way like if i would have felt that way in the snyder cut as well if they hadn't spent so much time really getting the stakes up as high as they could so it might be just be part of the pacing for this movie where it doesn't feel like anything is earned and so i don't feel like the anticlimactic scene at the end was earned that's fair so yeah so batman come on give me yours Mm. who's your idiot of the movie
0: I honestly think it's the Russian family that lives next to an abandoned nuclear reactor.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, okay.
0: The the, the father specifically, who at the first real sign of danger, should have immediately evacuated his family. Like, it's the first time they saw a parademon, get in the truck and go. Yeah, get out. Don't play around. You know, don't grab the shotgun. Don't grab the over-under breech-loaded shotgun that's going to take you, like... 30 seconds to reload, and the rest of the parademons are going to kill you after you shoot one of them. Just leave. Just take your family and get out. Yeah. So he's my idiot of the movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> the I movie.
1: take back what I said about Batman. You're right.
0: <laughs> you win.
1: <laughs> so
0: Well, when it comes down to it, the sci-fi wise guys don't often enjoy watching bad movies unless they're bad for fun. And it it doesn't help that we watched a really good version of this movie immediately preceding it. So I think we can both agree. If you are going to watch Justice League, watch the Snyder Cut. Any Warner Brothers or DC executives out there, get your head out. Just go with the Snyderverse. It doesn't matter if you don't have to work with him anymore. Whatever. You don't even have to consult him. (laughs) Just don't use this movie as the official canon. That being said, if you have your own opinions, whether you agree, disagree, or you think we're just idiots... Feel free to send those thoughts on to sci guys at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at sci-fi wise guys. Feel free. If um, you don't understand what I just said, go to facebook.com type in the search bar, the sci-fi wise guys podcast group and join. Occasionally we'll post a poll and you'll make us watch Tom and Jerry. Actually don't do that. Don't make us watch Tom and Jerry. We've already watched it. If you really, really liked what you heard, please head on over to your podcasting platform of choice. Give us a five-star rating, thumbs up, heart, share, subscribe, whatever. Any downloads, streams, or shares, or whatever would be definitely appreciated. And if you got to go the extra mile, and you, you feel like parting with some of your hard-earned money, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash sci-fi wise guys. sign up to become a patron, get access to episodes early, behind the scenes, our out-of-pod segments, and member-exclusive polls and posts. We definitely appreciate it. B-roll us out.
1: <sighs> just want to thank everyone for listening remember to stay safe stay hydrated and remember that you are loved by the hosts and community of this podcast
0: bye thanks
1: idea was it for us to watch this movie uh i believe it was yours why do you listen to my ideas
0: <laughs>
1: i've not uh. had a good one in this entire time <laughs> you're over here listening to me and stuff